Hi y'all, welcome back to Lens and Lyrics. This is Chrissy, and I am grateful that y'all have come back to listen to another episode. Um, I mean, if y'all want to deal with a monotone person that's talking about nothing, I mean, that's up to y'all, but you know, I'm glad y'all made it. Uh, the four of you that's out there, appreciate it. So today, we are going to be talking about Janae Aiko's new album, uh, Chalumbo. And for our film, we'll be reviewing Parasite. So, um, we're going to jump into Chalumbo. So, uh, Chalumbo was, or is, the fourth album by Janae Aiko, if you don't know her last name. Um, I used to call her Aiko for the longest, like all the way, because I listened to her back in like 2011, 2012, right before um, Sellout came out. And yeah, she, I used to say Aiko for the longest, y'all looking stupid. Nobody would tell me, fam, that's not it. Or maybe all of us were just saying it incorrectly at that time. So Chalumbo is her fourth album. That's if we count Sellout. I thought Sellout was a mixtape for the longest, but um, I guess it's her first album. Uh, That came out back in 2013. Chalumbo was released March 6th. Um, 2020 obviously it is amazing I've been listening to it all week but the other three albums that she released is Sellout like I said in 2013 Sold Out in 2014 and then Trip in 2017 all of them masterpieces personally that's how I feel all of them are A plus um, she really put you can tell she put her heart and soul in it and she connects with the best producers ever she always worked with fisticuffs and she'd be working with other people but i always realized that fisticuffs be um producing most of her stuff um i'm gonna talk about my favorites my favorites my all-time favorite probably is trying to smoke that is my jam y'all um it's like those warm notes i'm not really like a legit instrumentalist or a uh I'm not a musician to be honest but I know music and so I call them I call them warm notes and cold notes I think the warms are like the flats if I'm not mistaken but um how I see it but uh she that uh, trying to smoke is amazing um it kind of remind me of like a gospel like a hint of gospel like churchy type because she supplied she don't really she normally don't do too many um songs with layered like background vocals like her going back in and layering a whole bunch of background vocals um not in this manner but yeah so trying to smoke is my jam and the bass line is ridiculous um especially at the end like the last uh, 40 seconds ish <sighs> amazing um, morning doves is my jam another jam of mine it's very um, chill like you can do yoga to it I added it to my uh, yoga mix also I'm gonna shout out my um, my mixes on Spotify one of these days maybe I'll link it to something and y'all can just follow it I have 8 million playlists that I have worked on and I put my heart into these things. But Morning Doves is amazing. Uh, it's very mellow. BS featuring her is my song because 
first of all, it's, just, it's about, it's kind of low-key, like, about women empowerment and, like, them saying, you know, F you, sir. I'm worried about me. And y'all, if you know me and my fake uh, feminism, y'all know I'm all about that. But then I, li- I like having a man, too, you know. But um, BS featuring her and her came in. It's it's amazing, y'all. That that song is on point. Numb Your Concern, that's featuring Big Sean. Janae and Big Sean, they, they've been collaborating for years. Um, I think that's honestly how I learned about Janae. Big Sean released a Detroit mixtape. It was called Detroit back in 2012, I like to say. It may have been 2011, but... That was my favorite mixtape at that time. One of my favorites still. And Janae was featured on there. And she was featured on the song with Kendrick at one point and everything. So that's how I figured her out back then. Um, but None of Your Concern is dope. It's, it's a real chill song. And first of all, let me just say, it supplies Ty Dolla Sign's vocals, uh, background vocals. Um, I just want to say, let's be serious right quick. I'm going to be serious. Ty Dolla Sign is the GOAT. I may have to say it. He is the GOAT. You can fight me on that. He, this man, stays supplying background vocals to, uh, especially people on the West Coast. And you be listening to something? I know I do, because I can tell Ty's voice from anything. His voice is on the None of Your Concern. As well as, I just listened to a, a Kaylani song. It's called Toxic. She just released it today, actually. And I'm like, it's a tie. It's freaking tie, y'all. This man, background vocals be on freaking everything. Kanye albums, any album, song, tie be like, I'll hop on it. You don't even got to give me no credit. There's literally no credit given to this man on a lot of these songs. Ty was on... Black released a, a song, an album, a couple years ago, and he was on one of his singles, Switch. On Switch, probably like 45 seconds into the song, Ty is supplying those vocals, man. I'm sorry, I'm a ride or die for Ty. If you know me, Ty, my guy, you know what's up. So, Lightning and Thunder featuring John Legend is great. They both are like running all on top of each other um as far as like riffs um if you know music you know what i'm talking about uh john he he's been opening up a little bit more and jumping on more songs more albums and you'd be like why is john featuring on this but he's he's been doing a lot he was on lma's album uh two years ago but lightning thunder is very beautiful a very uh, beautiful song and last but not least, Summer 2020 Interlude is my jam. It's not really that long of a song, but to be honest, I feel like most of these songs that are short, like the shorter the song, probably the best quality that it is. Uh, two minutes, two two minutes and 30 seconds or less, that tends to be the best song. I don't know why, but that interlude is amazing. It reminds me of Newer Balance, the freestyle on her trip album um it was right after so it was called newer balance freestyle and it was right after the newer newer balance song or new balance song i think it was called new balance and then the freestyle was called newer balance freestyle 
And it really reminded me of that because Summer 2020 Interlude came right after um, 10,000 Hours featuring Nas. I'm not too too much of a fan of the 10,000 Hours song, but it has a nice melody, some, some good chords. But the, the 2020 Interlude is very simple. It, it has a piano melody. Um, it's sultry, I think. And like I said, it has the same melody and chords, but it has no bass line. But that is my summing up of my favorite songs of the album. I would say, you know, there's a couple songs that I can press next to. Like, I really dislike the one with Future. I honestly dislike Future, period. So I don't like that song. That's probably one of my most disliked songs. I gotta make my way back to the one with Absol. That wasn't really hitting for me. Uh, right off the bat, but I'm a, I'm definitely going to jump back into it a few more times. I've listened to it probably about three or four times through, but most of everyone um, who are like unfamiliar with Janae, uh, they paint her as like the sex craze like artist, uh, especially with that. I don't say the P word. I don't really curse that often, but <laughs> especially with the, the uh, vagina fairy song, um, I think it's called On The Way. She made she probably made like three songs in that same fashion but overall that's not the type of artist she is as far as music goes because I've heard some things about her being like live and uh her being like crazy like twerking and stuff but (laughs) as far as her music goes she's not that person like she had maniac she had um first f i think that was with black um so she she knows she's really she knows how to do like different things she she gives you those sex songs if that's what you're into or whatever but she's more so a sultry like artist like i said the majority of her catalog focuses on her romantic relationships um which ties into that sultry she's more so into relationships that's that's the content of her music uh relationships past and present so the last thing i really want to talk about with the album um first of all salty because she's given us a, a couple of songs um from her and namiko her daughter she released a song with namiko on sold out and then she had another song on trip and then this album we got nothing i don't know if sis is she must be like a teenager by now i feel like she like 14 15 she probably didn't want to be dealing with her mama or something but i was like dang i wanted a song from sis so we ain't see her uh we ain't hear her but we got another song uh featuring her father dr chill um that was called surrender and that was actually pretty a pretty great song but yeah so overall the content is amazing i'm really big on self-care and um just pretty much everything that you talk about in the album (laughs) like making sure you good getting out your your feelings and all that stuff so that's why janae is the homie but that's it for the album if you have a chance please listen to it at at least i say listen to the songs that i mentioned or don't just thanks for listening i guess to me explain why i like these songs so thank you so next i like to discuss parasite parasite 
came out last year, 2019, technically. The director is Joan Hu Bong. Sorry, I'm laughing through it because I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's a Korean director and um, he has a great vision. He created Okja, OKJA. I know if y'all seen like it around. I know it was released on Netflix a few years back. I feel like it was like about a big pig or something like that. It interested me and I added it to my list as I do 8 million other films and shows on Netflix, but I never got around to watching it. Probably should have, so I could have been able to see how dope this man is. But he also was behind Snowpiercer and that starred Chris Evans. I saw that around too and never watched it. Um, so I'm definitely going to go back and watch these films, especially right now. I'm sure like this is all of what America and the rest of the world is doing. So him and his crew ended up receiving an Oscar for the best film of the year this past year. And um, like most of us, you know, once you hear a buzz, you start to go back and, and look at the rest of their work, like from back then. So me, like everybody else, is probably about to go look up Snowpiercer or whatever else he's created. It won uh, Best Film of the Year. Uh, it won Best Achievement in Directing, and that went to him. It won Best Original Screenplay, which went to him, along with someone else. It won Best International Feature Film. How about that? I'm sure, like, I don't know if this was his first time going, but I'm just sure. I'm sure he was just so ecstatic to get all of these achievements. It's dope. And that that was four out of six noms. And then he ended up winning a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Foreign Language. And then got two nominations. But we can jump into the film. I don't want to talk much about the film because I don't really want to give it away. But it exceeded my expectations. First and foremost, um, I saw the preview maybe about a month ago. I saw it on TV and I'm thinking I can just watch it on Amazon Prime or something. I was ready. First of all, I'm cheap. So I was not trying to buy no movie. And then I realized that oh crap it's nominated for for a few oscars i was like oh okay so they end up putting it back into the um movie theater and that's what normally happens they normally take the film out of the theater once the time is up and then once oscar noms roll around or golden globe noms ro roll around then they they tend to put those uh nominees back into the movie theater so I like all types of films as I stated in my first podcast I ended up going I went with a friend to go watch um Parasite and it was a uh, freak amazing first of all I just want to say I've said amazing 20 times in this podcast and if y'all still like hanging with me just be prepared for me to say that every time because that's my go-to word but break it down it was a korean film so everything was in korean um but it had subtitles thank god for that and people get so scared with foreign films and subtitles and stuff like that that they end up like shying away from it because they don't think that there is going to be anything relatable in it and i try to tell everybody my family members anybody 
is always something relatable in these films, especially if it's up to date. Honestly, I'll watch some old stuff too and some old foreign films. I really don't care. But they all, everybody got, for the most part, everyone has cell phones and TVs and family issues and, you know, money problems, all that. Relationship issues. So it's all relatable. We're all humans. But it started off as a comedy. You know, everyone was laughing, whatever. We start to learn about a family. And um, we learn this family. We get to like this family. And they intertwine with another family. So by the end of the film, your morality gets tested. You don't know if it's kind of like the bad guy type thing. Uh, We've watched so many films when it's from a bad guy's perspective, a quote unquote bad guy's perspective. But because it's from their perspective, you get to see why the why behind it. He's not just the bad guy or uh, she's not just a bad guy. Um, But it's a reason why. Oh, his mama slapped him five million times. That's why he's bad. So that's kind of how the film was. Um, We understood why people did what they did or tried to understand. And that's that. So it was amazing. I urge everybody to see it. It was a thriller. It was a comedy. It was a drama. It was amazing. (laughs) But um, yeah, definitely see it if you have, you know, two hours to spare and you don't care about reading subtitles. I like subtitles. Even when the film is in English, I like subtitles. But to each his own, everybody's not like me. I say try it out. I think that's a good first foreign film to start off with. And then you can always try to do another one. But that's a good one to start off with because it's very relatable. And you learn that, hey, some Koreans are just like us. Or you learn the opposite. Oh, okay, they they live like this. And films like that, especially foreign films, this is why I end up watching a whole bunch of series and movies and stuff from all over. Like, I watch a bunch of Nigerian stuff. High quality Nigerian stuff, not Nollywood stuff, but like high quality, like Lionheart. Lionheart is on Netflix. Um, like high quality Nigerian stuff, high quality like British thing. Um, I watch all this stuff because obviously my pockets are not allowing me to travel right now, but this is the only way I can travel. So I get to learn some of their culture by what TV has shown me. Obviously, it's probably not showing me the entirety of it, but I'm getting little excerpts from it. I think that is the plus side about foreign films. But the negative side is we create this image in our heads from what it may be like over there based on this film. It's just like my friend, shout out to Arnold, um, from Virginia. He is from the Philippines. He moved here, or he moved to America, uh, Virginia, when he was about 12 or 13. He thinks, or he thought, he thought that the majority of America was like Fresh Prince or one of those shows like that. And then obviously he had to learn it's not like that whatsoever. <laughs> but um, and also we gonna rag on him just for a little bit. He thought Usher was a rapper. Um, Neo was a rapper, you know, so this is just funny stuff. But I mean, that's just the importance of trying to branch out. Um, so Um, I am ranting. So I am done. Thanks for um, listening to the second episode. We appreciate it. 
or I appreciate it because it's only me. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll have more of an outline. I feel like I'm just talking. I appreciate y'all for taking out the time. Um, I'm grateful to say that we own Spotify and iTunes podcast and all that stuff now. So tune in next week.